Hi guys, welcome back to Undressing the Issue. I'm Julia. I'm an LA-based therapist specializing in all things having to do with sex relationships and intimacy. And in today's episode, I wanted to talk about something I recently watched because it really struck me. So I was... uh, cruising through Netflix looking for something to, uh, you know, pique my interest because I don't watch a whole lot of TV, but when I do, I can't just sit there mindlessly and stare at something that I'm not really into. And I stumbled upon uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's new show called The Goop Lab, specifically episode three, which is called The Pleasure is Ours. I saw the word pleasure in the description. I saw the word sex, and I was sold. So if you haven't yet seen this episode, I will warn you, uh, this podcast episode is going to have a whole lot of spoilers. So please do note that I will be talking about a lot of the stuff that happened in that episode. So Go ahead and watch it first before you listen to this. If you don't want me to spoil it, if you don't care, then feel free to listen. So, just a disclaimer before I jump in. I have some thoughts on GP. She is a beautiful woman, a talented actress, but I do think that she's a little bit out there. The vagina steaming thing she tried to push was a little bit ridiculous. First off, consult with your gynecologist before you do anything like that. I've spoken to a few friends of mine who are gynecologists and they've all echoed the same sentiment that is basically don't do it. It is a bad idea. It can cause infections. Your vagina is perfectly fine without steam. Also, If they're putting essential oils into the liquid that they're steaming, um, you can have an adverse reaction, you can have an allergic reaction, and generally, you know, those kinds of warm, damp environments like your crotch, your groin area, you know, making them warmer and damper is basically just a petri dish for bacteria. So I've never understood why she was so gung-ho in promoting this, but as soon as I heard about it, I was like, no, 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 that sounds all around bad. (laughs) So that kind of turned me off of Goop, her brand, and her for a while. Also, I felt like her brand, Goop, and I still feel this way, is kind of exclusive. It seems like it's for rich white women, and... Um, that just doesn't apply to everybody. That's not accessible to everybody. I get where she's going with the female empowerment and treat yourself and all of that kind of good stuff. But I think it would be cool if she tried to market to the masses and not just to the 1%. That being said, I am interested in the show. I do think that There are parts of it that are kind of terrible, but terrible in a way where you can't look away. (laughs) So I found myself getting sucked in. So the main episode I'm talking about is episode three, 
Um, and I'm going to share with you what this episode is about. So it's the title is The Pleasure is Ours. And basically what GP does with her cohort, her people, her posse in that episode is that she explores sexuality specifically in terms of female pleasure. So female sexuality, female sensuality. So she does a really good job in this episode of bringing on experts who work with women to help them learn more about their own sexuality, their own sensuality, how their bodies work, um, maybe things they didn't even know they could do with their bodies, with their genitals, um, and other parts. Um, so I found that really helpful. I'm glad she did that. And I also like that she brought on people who were able to effectively challenge old patriarchal beliefs about female sexuality. She was really trying, in my opinion at least, this is my interpretation, she was really trying to kind of call out some of these old antiquated views of female sexuality. Now, let's not forget that our understanding, even today of female sexuality is based on research, a lot of which is decades old, that's primarily done by middle-aged men. So, you know, some of the earliest publications on female sexuality was done by Freud, who, I mean, based on some of the things that I've heard about him, Sounds like he was a little bit creepy in that area. Um, But then there's the Masters and Johnson studies. There's the Kinsey studies. But all of these are done by men. And some of them were a little bit more open-minded into researching things like the G-spot and the clitoris and those kinds of things. But it also really stuck to just a woman's physiology and not how that connects to her emotions, her psychology, her needs, that kind of stuff. So some of it is in the right direction of advancement and understanding, um, but some of it is still pretty patriarchal. So I was really happy to see that in this episode, they really tried to call bullshit on a lot of those things. Um, They definitely did a good job of calling bullshit on the old belief that uh, women need penetration in order to achieve orgasm. This, as many women know, is not the case for a lot of women. For many women, that is that doesn't bring them to orgasm. They need something else or something in addition, namely stimulation of their clitoris. So I was really happy that they went there and they really did a great job of describing where the clitoris is, how it functions, how big it is, what it looks like. So... The reason why I thought this episode is so important, I've told you what they covered. I've totally spoiled it for you now. You're welcome. So the reason why I thought it was so important is a number of things. So first off, February 
equals Valentine's Day, among other things. But with Valentine's Day, when it comes to sex and sexuality and relationships, there's a lot of pressure. There's pressure to be romantic. There's pressure to give gifts. There's all sorts of stuff. There's pressure to put out. You know, if I'm going to be taken out on a romantic date night, then I'm also expected to, you know, be willing to have sex. So I think it's important that we talk about it now in the beginning of this short period where romance is at the forefront for everybody, whether it's a lack thereof or whether it's planning for it. But also, I think this episode is important because, first off, they show vulvas, like, up close, different ones, hairy ones, ones that belong to women of color. Fuck yes! I was stoked. I was stoked. I happened to be watching the episode with my husband, and I was like, wait, 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 rewind. I gotta see that again. I'm blown away. I just thought that, first off, ballsy, GP, round of applause, ballsy, because you don't see a lot of that in a non-pornographic, fact-based, normalizing, body-positive, educational way. So I'm fucking stoked to see it. Just beside myself. I was literally sitting on my couch yelling, yes, I'm so glad you did this. Fuck yes. So in that regard, I was thrilled. Just thrilled. Yay, girl power. So that's one thing that I think is so important because in in these days and ages, we hear a lot about sex. Sex is still what's used to sell, but there isn't a whole lot of sex or sexual content that is fact-based, that is feminist in the way it's presented, that is non-body shaming. I, I just think that this is hopefully a trend, the beginning of a trend and a very healthy one and a good one that I am 100% behind. So there's that. And I love that GP admitted to not knowing the difference in the anatomy terminology. She considered her whole genital area to be called the vagina. And Betty Dodson, who's one of the specialists who was on there, pointed out to her and schooled her a little bit that, no, the vagina is actually just the birth canal. That is just the inside portion that babies come down through. The whole exterior, the labia area where the clitoris is, that is referred to as the vulva. Like Volvo, but vulva. And it was really nice to see GP, Gwyneth Paltrow, be humble enough to admit that she didn't know that. And I know a lot of other women who are not aware of that. So, again, bravo. I'm thrilled to see that things are being talked about appropriately and effectively and accurately. Most importantly, I also loved 
and I thought it was really important that they did this, the normalizing aspect of it, of those flashes of images up close of vulvas, that they purposely tried to show different shapes and colors and sizes and all different ones. The reality is vulvas are like snowflakes, like fingerprints. They're all different. And they are all normal and beautiful and great. So for them to have portrayed this so graphically, so openly, I thought this is really important because we're so used to seeing in movies, in porn, in all these different areas, the fem- the male anatomy, the penis, but... When it comes to female nudity, we see what is sort of pornized, where everything is waxed clean or clean shaven, where everything is compact and pretty. There's no excess skin or folds. And that's just not the reality. And there have been hundreds of articles in women's magazines and whatever else. And I see it all the time online, even and social media about women's insecurity about their own anatomy, that it looks different from what they constantly see portrayed. And what we constantly see portrayed is so curated. It's so selective. And that is not what women, real women always look like. So I thought this was important, that body positivity aspect, the normalization. Now, as important as it is, I do, I mean, they could do a whole season on female sexuality and on the website for the show and for the episode specifically, they even admit that, that there's so much there and they probably missed a lot. And some of the things that I wanted to touch on that I believe they missed but are of value is What about women with trauma? They showed workshops with some of these experts who were helping women to explore how how they experience pleasure, how they like to be touched, how they don't like to be touched, how they communicate the type of touch they want, um, which is awesome. And yes, a lot of women need to learn that. But What about if somebody has trauma and the idea of engaging sexually scares them or makes them uncomfortable in some way, or maybe they are no longer present when they engage in sexual behaviors or activities? So for those women, I think that they could have taken a deeper dive in terms of how to explore Exercises related to things like sensate focus and exploring touch, even through non-sexual touch. They did do that a little bit, but they didn't do that in terms of really slowing it down to show people how to establish, communicate around, and maintain a sense of safety in that space. So I felt like that could have been more of a thing there. The other piece that I felt like they could have maybe, maybe in future episodes or whatever else they decide to do, they can go deeper into this. But what is a woman who knows what she likes, who understands her body, 
who is confident and secure, what is she supposed to do if she is engaging with a sexual partner with whom she shares her likes and dislikes and how she wants to be touched and if things are going too quickly or if she wants something else, something different, if she's able to communicate this and is really familiar with herself. But what does she do if her partner is not receptive? What if she's guiding her partner and trying to share with her partner, well, I'd rather you do this. This isn't working for me. Can you put more pressure here? Can you use more pressure there? But what if the partner's just like, well, this is taking too long. When do I get off? <laughs> Can we just get into, you know, the orgasm part of this? What is she supposed to do? And I think that this is sort of what they portrayed as sort of this idyllic situation where you have a cooperative partner where you've got somebody who's receptive, who you feel safe with, who is a willing and able participant. But in many cases, that's not the case. What if it's just a morning quickie, but it could be too quick of a quickie and the woman may not actually walk away satisfied. How does she handle that? How does she communicate around that? What can she do? Does she masturbate in front of her partner after her partner's reached orgasm already? Does she just go about her day lacking satisfaction that I feel should have been touched on and if a partner is repeatedly not receptive or willing to take the time to tune in and focus on a woman's pleasure is that a healthy partner for you is that somebody who actually cares about your experience with them, which points to a bigger question. Are they just there for selfish reasons? Are they actually there to have an interactive, reciprocal, bonding, intimate exchange with you? Or are they in for the hit it and quit it? Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. So, that points to safety in the relationship. As you guys have heard me say so many times, sex is never about sex. Sex is about just about everything else and anything else. So if that's the case, sex is a demonstration a display of other stuff going on. So if you're having an unfulfilling sex life, what does that say about the status of your relationship? If your partner can't be bothered long enough to attend to your needs in the boudoir, are they attending to your needs elsewhere? Or is that just an extension of their level of investment in being present, supportive, and being a partner. So I, 
thought that that could be touched on, but they kept it strictly to sex. And I respect that. That's cool. Go GP. But overall, I do think that if you have Netflix, if you haven't checked it out yet, you definitely should because it is a take on sex and women, female sexuality that you don't see too often. And you also don't see it being endorsed by big name celebrities too often. So I couldn't help myself. I had to talk about it as soon as I saw it because I just think that this is monumental. It's a step forward. We need to be having more conversations like these. We need to be exposed to more images like these. We also need to see that it's okay that it is actually not a bad thing to ask for what we want. It's another way to give women a voice, especially in terms of their own sex lives, their own pleasure. So I'm all about it. I know I'm ranting, I'm geeking out, but I was just so thrilled to see this kind of material in this mass media platform that I just, I couldn't help myself. I just had to. So I hope you check it out. It is educational. They definitely could go deeper in certain areas, but they did a pretty good job as far as like an introductory take on this, uh, you know, something that's a little more broad in general. Excellent. I give it two thumbs up, five stars. I'm all about it. Keep going, Gwyneth. I'm a big fan now of that. Still not into the vagina steaming. Not going to do that. But this is good stuff. So I hope you've enjoyed this short ranting episode of mine. And tune in next time. We're going to talk more about healthy sex, body positivity, how to deal with trauma, anxiety, how to communicate in relationships, how to handle all different kinds of situations. And those are all coming up shortly. Thanks again. Feel free to leave your feedback, any questions, any comments, any requests for certain subjects on Twitter. You can tweet me at Julia LMFT, licensed marriage family therapy. So LMFT or licensed motherfucking therapist. And you can also hit me up on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can find my podcast there too, Undressing the Issue, or search me. All of my handles are Julia LMFT. All right. Thanks again. Check you next time. Bye, guys.